In this episode, I'll talk about forever horses, how that can be the most beautiful thing or not. So here we go, episode 68, Reasons, Seasons, and Lifetimes. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Now, before I get really into the meat of this podcast, I just want to say I have a new computer. And this is probably about the, I don't know, 10th time trying to start recording this podcast. And I keep turning off notifications and then I'll get going on the podcast recording and something will ding. (laughs) So I just want to let you know, uh, I'm doing my best, but somewhere in the middle of this podcast, something might ding. And if it does, I really apologize. (laughs) I'll be working on this. I'm usually a little bit more computer savvy than this. Anyway, we're going to we're going to keep going. So, here we go. <laughs> now, there is a saying that people come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I guess the trick is to figure out who is who. <laughs> and I think the one of the reasons that saying uh, is really helpful is is when people move out of our lives, right? That they're here and then they leave. And sometimes we think that they were going to be here for a lifetime or at least a season, but turns out they were just here for a reason, <laughs> for a reason for us to learn something. And the same, I guess, can be true for our horses, right? Some horses come into our lives for a reason, some a season, and see some a lifetime. But with horses, I think everything gets just a little bit more complicated because I personally feel a huge responsibility to any horse that's in my care. And even when they move out of my care and out of my circle and they're, we're no longer in relationship anymore, you know, I feel a huge responsibility for that transition. Sometimes it's a little easier with people. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> You're a big boy or girl. You're on your own. With horses, it's a little more complicated than that. And it's because they're so dependent on us. So I guess ideally, there is a flow of horse-human relationships so that we all get to you know, have the chance to have these beautiful encounters with, let's say, our reason horses, right? These are the horses where we learn something. We get to feel something. It's somebody else's horse, but we get to get on and experience something together. You know, I guess it's like going on one great date (laughs) or going on a vacation where you get a guided tour to somewhere magical, and then you go home, right? So it was an experience for a reason. You learn something. And then, and then you go on with your life. And 
you know, it's beautiful also if we get to share bigger experiences with our, what I'll call our season horses. You know, these are the horses, maybe it's the first horse that we had when we were a kid and we outgrew them. It's maybe a horse that we leased for a summer or a few months or a year. Maybe it's a horse that we had in training for three months or a year. Maybe it's the horse that that we had for a few years, you know, before the job and the kids required more time. (laughs) And we have that beautiful experience. We remember it fondly. And it was a chapter in our lives. And then maybe if we're lucky, we get to experience the beautiful, uh, the beautiful lifetime horses, you know, the ones that couldn't even have a price. If someone asked you what you would sell it for, you can't even imagine, you can't even come up with a number. I remember um, Pat Perley tried to get me to to give a price for one of my horses. And I just, I was like, no, he's not for sale. <laughs> and it wasn't the point he was trying to make some other teaching point, but I wouldn't even answer the question. So it's those kind of ones, the ones that we're, we're really committed to taking care of for their whole lives. And hopefully we have the means, the time, the facilities to keep that horse happy. You know, as he transitions to different needs, or he no longer, you know, meets our necessarily our goals, but we still have them. So as he gets older, we still can take care of him. And we bring that all, we're prepared to do that all the way up to, and including the part where he passes, hopefully with peace and with dignity, and we can give them that. And so that's the beautiful possibility of having horses for reasons, seasons, or lifetime. However, sometimes in saying that, it's not as beautiful as I describe. There are many horses who are gotten for reasons. And then when those reasons are done, they are discarded. Not by you guys, but you know that that happens. Some horses are season horses. Some horses are perpetual season horses. They're always leased out. They're the lease horse. And every three months, it's somebody new. They're passed from one lease to another. And that can work. So some of you listening might have facilities where you're like, yeah, we have amazing lease horses and you have the responsibility and the integrity to take care of them. But sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes horses just have to use, be used for this purpose and they never really have one special person that's overseeing them. Sometimes those horses are just sold to get a horse to a level, and then they're sold again to get another person to that level, something like that. And, you know, I like to always describe the way things can go wrong. It helps us understand, it helps me understand better um, how I want things to go when they go well. Now, sometimes we think that, you know, the lifetime horse is the best solution We kind of say that with pride, like I would never sell my horses. My horses are here for a lifetime. But I think we have to realize that sometimes that's not so great either. I've seen many horses that are with humans that are committed to having them forever, 
even if it's a terrible match for each of them. So I know this is sounding like a, a real downer. <laughs> it's not my usual <laughs> positive self, but you know, we have to, we have to look at reality and I don't want you to mistake my positive outlook on life with, you know, having my head in the sand to the realities of how things go. And you know, if you listen to me, you know that the truth is always in the middle and always wrapped up in the middle of some sort of paradox. So here's the thing. None of these situations, the reasons, the season, or the lifetime is the perfect right way. And none of them is the wrong way. So what's always important is how are we making the decision? How are we deciding whether this was just something to learn and then we move on? Was this something to spend some time with and then we grow out of it in some way? We move beyond it? Or is this a lifetime moment? Because all of these possibilities could be wonderful or it could be terrible. And the, the reason I'm bringing this up, so why am I doing a podcast on this? <laughs> you may ask. I know that I, in, in my situation in life right now, I have forever horses. And I feel a lot of personal satisfaction and personal pride in being able to do that. And so I often talk about that. And I'm so, so fortunate that right now in my life, I have enough means, enough facility, enough time, enough desire, enough commitment, whatever you want to say, that that I'm I'm decided that in my mind now, all these horses are forever horses. But what I worry about, and I have come across this in talking to some students, is that there could be some guilt or shame if there's somebody out there with a horse who's feeling like, you know what, I really don't want to have this horse for a lifetime. So I want to make sure that for that person that's in that situation, that they're not feeling guilty, that they're not feeling ashamed if they feel like they want to, you know, divorce their horse <laughs> or move it on to somebody else. And I definitely don't want to be a source of any of that feeling of guilt or feeling of shame. So that's why I thought I wanted to talk about this subject. And it's, again, it's, it's this little messy middle because I do have a very strong sense of responsibility to the horses. And I feel like that is really needed, especially in the competitive world where horses have big price tags and people have really um, clear and high goals for themselves. And chances are one horse is not going to go all the way from when you're it being your kid's horse to being your Olympic horse. So there's going to be some transitions and not everybody can even if they want to, not everybody can take good care of a horse for the horse's whole life. So we want to like roll up our sleeves and get into this. And how are we going to navigate this? So there could be many reasons that we want to <laughs> break up with our horse. You could, um, you could outgrow your horse physically, you know, just 
I remember my first horse, I, I literally outgrew him. I mean, not so much in size, but just in uh, my abilities. He was a great horse for me at the beginning. And then I started to want to do more. And I knew right then it wasn't fair to that horse to expect him to match my new goals. And so that's the other reason, you know, your goals don't match your horse's abilities. And it would actually be unkind to the horse to try to make them match your abilities. Another great reason is you're fearful of your horse. Now that doesn't mean give up. I mean, I teach horsemanship. I, I really help, I hope, <laughs> people connect with their horses and overcome the sources of fear and help to reprogram, you know, and re-change um, the behaviors so that maybe there's no reason for the fear. But bottom line is sometimes we're afraid of the horse we have in front of us. I know that feeling. And yeah, it could be a goal to overcome that. And it might be a lifetime work. And that might not be what you really wanted to be spending your time on the weekends doing <laughs> or with your horse. It could just be simply you don't have the chemistry with the horse. It could be you can't provide the kind of lifestyle that the horse needs or wants. You know, there's a, there's a lot of horses in, in Ocala where I live. And, and there's a few horses that I pass every day. And from, from when they were foals, I saw them in there. I saw them in this, and they've been in that same small paddock doing nothing to this day. You know, it's 17 years have gone by. It's now it's a 17 year old horse and he's never left the paddock. It breaks my heart. You know, I wish that that horse was not that person's forever horse. And I also know that there are students out there or horse owners who had goals, who had really reasonable, realistic, good, reachable goals. And then they get a particular horse and, you know, horses doesn't always go as planned and they're having to compromise their goals. And now that can be okay. There's lots of people that I've met who've, who've, who've changed their goal because of their horse and it's led them to something amazing that they wouldn't have thought of and they wouldn't trade that experience for the world. But sometimes it's not okay. And every day that person goes out and maybe does their best with that horse, but deep down they're kind of miserable knowing they really wish they were able to do the things that they wanted to do when they got a horse. They wanted to confidently trail ride with their friends and they got a horse that turned out doesn't like trail rides or is spooky or bucks them off or bolts. They wanted to be competitive at shows. They put the time in, they worked, they got to a certain level and they finally invested in this horse. They wanted to be competitive and it's not, you know, some issue shows up they don't get along or they can't sit that horse's really bouncy trot or they got scared or whatever it is, injury. And so, yeah, they might be still taking care of the horse, doing the best for the horse, but deep down they really wanted that goal and they can't afford two horses or they don't have the, the, the facilities to keep two horses. 
maybe they simply want to feel safe when they ride. And they have a horse that every day they get on, they go out to play with their horse and they can't get on again. They're playing on the ground. And yes, maybe they're learning a lot and they're taking horsemanship and they're improving. So there's, you know, reasons. There's there's things, valuable things that they're learning. And yet they actually really wanted a ride and time is ticking by. And that's the only horse that they can only afford one horse. So that if if this is you and that what I'm just saying is resonating with you, this is who this podcast is for. There's no need to feel ashamed to admit that you would like to sell your horse or just rehome them. There's no shame or guilt if you feel like you need a different horse. It's all in the attitude, of course. It's all in how we do it. Because the other side of that coin is, of course, somebody who's throwing their horses away. I used it and now I'm throwing it away and I'm going to sell it to the person who gives me the most money for it. And I'll just make sure it sells. And I'm not even going to tell you a few things that this horse really needs because I don't care. So there's a lot of room in between those two cartoons. There's a lot of room between I'm just throwing this horse away to whoever. I don't really care. Or I'll put it down. One of my horses I have now because someone was going to kill him because he didn't behave well. (laughs) So between that and, you know, seeing all your hopes and dreams get crushed uh, because it's, it's the wrong horse for you. So we have some wiggle room and it's always, you know, in the way you handle it. So I've had students who were frustrated but it wasn't the horse that they needed to change out. It was their attitude. And when they did, they discovered that that change in attitude was the reason for that horse. And then that horse became a forever horse. Other students, when they got frustrated, it was actually a big red flag and a sign that they needed a different situation. So even as an instructor, when I see a student getting frustrated getting depressed, losing motivation, starting to blame their horse, or just um, not wanting to do as much, they're not showing up as much or whatever. I can, you know, you see the red flags. You know, sometimes I'd be like, hey, (laughs) you got to change how you're looking at this. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, wait, you know, this, you don't have to do this. So how do we decide? (laughs) It's like, these are nice stories, Karen. (laughs) How, how will we do this? So here's here's something that I do with my students. I've done it for years and I still do it. As when I see a student showing me those telltale signs of frustration with their horse, I'll say to them, all right, let's sell them or let's sell her. Let's find you a horse that you're happier with. And while I'm asking that question, I really watch the person's expression, their energy, and what they choose to say in those next moments. Because sometimes I see instant relief. It's like this wash over them. And sometimes I'll get tears or just literally get a a sigh. It's like, really? That would be great. They just don't want to feel like they're quitters. And so when I say to them, you know what? That's fine. Let's let's sell them. Let's find you a horse that you can really, you know, be crazy about. And I see that relief 
And I realized that they were doing it for me or they were doing it because they thought they were supposed to, not just, you know, not honoring what they really wanted to do. And so that gives me a big clue, like, okay, now we can make a plan. Sometimes when I say that, however, so picture there's a student frustrated, there's like, this horse will never do it, I want to be showing, and all I'm doing is just trying to, you know, takes me 45 minutes a day just to get them ready to ride, you know, that kind of thing. And I go, you know what, it's okay. We can sell them. And I watch them. And sometimes they, when I say that, they realize that they're having an emotional reaction. And deep down, they know that they can really figure this out. So sometimes when I ask the student that, or I say, you know, that's okay. You know, we, we don't have to do this. We can sell them. We can find you a different horse. Sometimes they'll just say, "Ugh, you know, I'm just really tired and stressed out right now at work. I'm just, I haven't been sleeping well. It's, it's okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, if <laughs> I, I've had this happen, I've had students that were saying something like I, I, they're frustrated. I say, okay, great. You know, we can sell this horse. And they might come back with something like, finally, yeah, this horse is such a jerk. <laughs> if they say stuff like that, then I definitely support them in selling this horse because no horse deserves to be called a jerk. And, you know, I support them in selling the horse and I support them in perhaps not getting another one until they learn to stop calling horses jerks. <sighs> now, I've had horses for seasons. I have sold horses and deeply regretted it. I have sold horses and knew it was the smartest decision I could have made. And I have had a forever horse that I didn't actually have the means or facility to keep him forever. So I had to find a new forever human for him. And I've had forever horses that I watched take their last breath. And I'm so honored to have been there with them at that time. So it doesn't necessarily make me a better or more virtuous horseman to keep a horse forever. Like that's not the measure. The measure of your horsemanship is not how long do you keep your horse. We all have to make the best decisions for ourselves, our horses, and our situation. We do have the responsibility to make the best decision for the horse. But I think, you know, horse ownership is like any relationship. And in any relationship, both parties deserve to be adored. So if you're fearful of your horse, or you're frustrated by him, or you're disappointed in him because he, his abilities don't match your goals, and you can't happily change your expectations, then you would be doing your horse a favor to find him a human that thinks that he is the best horse in the world. Because you know what? Horses can feel disappointment. They feel frustration. They feel fear. And they don't understand it if you're just always feeling those feelings around them. So if you think that maybe you and your horse are a mismatch, sit yourself down and entertain the idea of selling your horse. 
entertain the idea of finding him a new human and see how that feels. Just like when I ask the student the question and I really watch, how does it feel? And this is something I do to help myself make decisions in life is I I ask myself the question, like, what's the what's the choice? And then I just pretend I choose one. Okay, I'm going to choose this one. And for the next 24 hours, I commit to deciding. I don't have to do anything. I just have to see what it feels like to have decided that. And I notice myself. And then I might, just for fun, the next day, say, you know what? Nope, I'm going to do this one. And I'll sit with that for 24 hours and I'll notice how do I feel? I go by feeling a lot. So you might, other people might like make a list of pros and cons. You can do that. So everybody has their own decision-making process. Use what works for you. This is what I do for myself is just an example. I'm a very feeling-based person. Now, (laughs) just to make things more complicated, there's another layer. Because sometimes I'll ask the student the question, and there's that initial immediate response in that moment. Oh, relief. Thank God. Really? I can do it? You don't, you won't think of me as less of a, a rider if I decide to sell them? You know, relief. And sometimes the immediate response, as I said, is something like, oh, you know what? No, I'm just having a bad day. But just having asked that question and given them a chance to answer, just wait a couple days. And that's why I gave you that idea of entertain an idea for a day and then entertain the other idea for a day. Because sometimes with my students, after a few days, there's another layer of thinking about it. They kind of go through, sometimes there's a few layers of emotions on it and they go instant relief. And then after they have the relief, now that the pressure's off, they know that that's actually a possibility. Now they can think clearly about it and they can decide to either keep going, make a new plan, go ahead with a sale, whatever it is. So don't feel like that question is, a, you know, so, or that it's more of a statement, I guess, you know, sure, let's sell them. You know, that's not written in stone. Your initial reaction is not written in stone, but it, in allowing yourself that possibility, I find takes the pressure off, relieves some of the stress and the guilt and allows people to think more clearly. So you can, you can do that for yourself because once you're thinking clearly, then you can make a plan. Then you can decide what are the steps? How, how's this going to (laughs) go? All right. I'm deciding this worse than not for me. Now, how's it going to go? Because it doesn't mean you're going to throw them away. It doesn't mean you're going to sell them to anybody. You can actually pick. You can pick the new situation. You can place the horse. You can, you can have people interview to apply, to be considered to be this horse's new human instead of the normal, which is the other way around, which just people come and look at him and say, I want him. <laughs> and then you take the money. No, you're allowed to decide. So just think of it, you know, as much as I'm in like, oh, my horses are forever horses. I'm, I'm proud of that, but I'm not righteous about it. You know, all of my horses came from somewhere. 
right? And I'm really grateful that the people who had my horses before me didn't think that they had to keep their horses forever or I wouldn't have any. If no one ever parted with their horses, we would all have to breed our own horses. And I don't think that's a good plan. (laughs) So for anyone listening who has no problem moving horses in and out of their lives, I'll just tempt you to, you know, if you guys are still listening, (laughs) just check in and just, I want to know that for those of you who are, you know, find it no problem to sell horses, please, please do your best to make sure that those transitions are excellent for the horses. Make sure you're, you're really trying to play matchmaker. You know, I think there, I've met lots of people who sell horses with great integrity and who won't sell a horse to the wrong person. And just think of that horse's whole life. Sometimes horses go from reason horses with one person. Oh, I learned that. And then they go on to be someone's dream forever horse. And that's wonderful. What you want to watch out for is those horses that just keep passing from one person to the next person, the next person. They're just Anyway, you know. So every time we touch a horse, every time we're in a horse's life, we have an opportunity to try to make that horse's life better. So I hope you guys who are out there selling horses just think about that a little bit. The horses are so dependent on us. Always ask yourself, how can you make things better for your horse? So I think no matter whether a horse is in our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, I'd like to think that we, we as humans do our best to become a human that they remember fondly, be a human that, that's making our, the horse's life better, just a little bit better. And not just in how we take care of them, but how we do our excellent heartfelt decision-making when it comes to where they're going to be living and who they're going to be with. Anyway, I hope that this helps someone. I hope it helps somebody make an excellent decision so that they can love what they're doing, achieve their goals. Yeah. Well, let me know. Come back to Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and uh, let me know. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. So if you're fearful of your horse or you're frustrated by him or you're disappointed in him because his abilities don't match your goals and you can't happily change your expectations, then you would be doing your horse a favor to find him a human that thinks that he is the best horse in the world. Because you know what? Horses can feel disappointment. They feel frustration. They feel fear. And they don't understand it if you're just always feeling those feelings around them. So if you think that maybe you and your horse are a mismatch, sit yourself down and entertain the idea of selling your horse. Entertain the idea of finding him a new human and see how that feels. Just like when I ask the student the question and I really watch 
How does it feel? And this is something I do to help myself make decisions in life is I, I ask myself the question, like, what's the, what's the choice? And then I just pretend I choose one. Okay, I'm going to choose this one. And for the next 24 hours, I commit to deciding. I don't have to do anything. I just have to see what it feels like to have decided that. And I notice myself. And then I might, just for fun, the next day, say, you know what? Nope, I'm going to do this one. And I'll sit with that for 24 hours and I'll notice how do I feel? I go by feeling a lot. So you might, other people might like make a list of pros and cons. You can do that. So everybody has their own decision-making process. Use what works for you. This is what I do for myself is just an example. I'm a very feeling-based person. Now, (laughs) just to make things more complicated, there's another layer. Because sometimes I'll ask the student the question, and there's that initial immediate response in that moment. Oh, relief. Thank God. Really? I can do it? You don't, you won't think of me as less of a, a rider if I decide to sell them? You know, relief. And sometimes the immediate response, as I said, is something like, oh, you know what? No, I'm just having a bad day. But just having asked that question and given them a chance to answer, just wait a couple days. And that's why I gave you that idea of entertain an idea for a day and then entertain the other idea for a day. Because sometimes with my students, after a few days, there's another layer of thinking about it. They kind of go through, sometimes there's a few layers of emotions on it. And they go instant relief. And then after they have the relief, now that the pressure's off, they know that that's actually a possibility. Now they can think clearly about it. And they can decide to either keep going, make a new plan, go ahead with a sale, whatever it is. So don't feel like that question is, a, you know, so, or that it's more of a statement, I guess, you know, sure, let's sell them. You know, that's not written in stone. Your initial reaction is not written in stone, but it, in allowing yourself that possibility, I find takes the pressure off, relieves some of the stress and the guilt and allows people to think more clearly. So you can, you can do that for yourself because once you're thinking clearly, then you can make a plan then you can decide what are the steps? How do, How's this going to go? <laughs> All right, I'm deciding this horse is not for me. Now, how's it going to go? Because it doesn't mean you're going to throw them away. It doesn't mean you're going to sell them to anybody. You can actually pick. You can pick the new situation. You can place the horse. You can, you can have people interview to apply, to be considered to be this horse's new human instead of the normal, which is the other way around, which just people come and look at him and say, I want him. (laughs) And then you take the money. No, you're allowed to decide. So just think of it, you know, as much as I'm in like, oh, my horses are forever horses. I'm, I'm proud of that, but I'm not righteous about it. You know, all of my horses came from somewhere, right? And I'm really grateful that the people who had my horses before me didn't think that they had to keep their horses forever or I wouldn't have any. If no one ever parted with their horses, we would all have to breed 
our own horses. And I don't think that's a good plan. (laughs) So for anyone listening who has no problem moving horses in and out of their lives, I'll just tempt you to, you know, if you guys are still listening, (laughs) just check in. And just, I want to know that for those of you who are, you know, find it no problem to sell horses, please, please do your best to make sure that those transitions are excellent for the horses. Make sure you're, you're really trying to play matchmaker. You know, I think there, I've met lots of people who sell horses with great integrity and who won't sell a horse to the wrong person. And just think of that horse's whole life. Sometimes horses go from reason horses with one person. Oh, I learned that. And then they go on to be someone's dream forever horse. And that's wonderful. What you want to watch out for is those horses that just keep passing from one person to the next person, the next person. They're just, anyway, you know. So every time we touch a horse, every time we're in a horse's life, we have an opportunity to try to make that horse's life better. So I hope you guys who are out there selling horses, just think about that a little bit. The horses are so dependent on us. Always ask yourself, how can you make things better for your horse? So I think no matter whether a horse is in our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, I'd like to think that we, we as humans, do our best to become a human that they remember fondly. Be a human that that's making our, the horse's life better, just a little bit better. And not just in how we take care of them, but how we do our excellent heartfelt decision-making when it comes to where they're going to be living and who they're going to be with. Anyway, I hope that this helps someone. I hope it helps somebody make an excellent decision so that they can love what they're doing, achieve their goals. Yeah. Well, let me know. Come back to Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and uh, let me know. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. If this episode resonates with you, Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.